0: Today on the Doc on the Run podcast, we're talking about letting go of your identity as an injured runner. And we have a really special guest on the show, and you probably already follow her on social media, Tony Hart's Running. But you know, if you don't know Tony, she's a running coach, and she's a co-founder of Relentless Runners. And in college, Tony played soccer while she was getting her degree in health and physical education. That's when she really discovered and developed this love of running. And now many years later, she's a massively successful, not only runner, but a running coach as well. And she's also easily one of the most inspiring people you could ever follow on social media. So if you're not following her already, make sure you click on the on her social media links, which we'll have in the show notes at the podcast tab at Docontherun.com. And you definitely need to start following her. So Tony, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much. I'm blushing after that intro. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: Cool. (laughs) No, listen, it's really great to have you on here. And I know you inspire a lot of people, but I think this uh, sharing of your experience is also going to really be helpful to people understand that, you know, our our identity does not have to be wrapped up in um, our successes or our perceived failures or certainly our injuries. But before we get into all of that stuff, maybe you just give us a little more detail about your running history and why you became so interested, particularly in, you know, in running distances like marathons.
1: Yeah, so it was after I was finished playing um, college soccer that I got into distance running. It was my best friends from college, my roommates at the time, that I was always scared to run um, distances. 5Ks terrified me, and then they somehow got me into running the Pittsburgh Half Marathon. So that's what they wanted to do for our senior year, and I'm like, that's the dumbest idea. It sounds miserable, but I did it anyways, improperly trained, and I don't know how I crossed that finish line without getting injured, honestly, because I had no idea what I was doing. But, um, it, I feel like a lot of people have this experience after they run their first like distance race, whether it's a 5k half full, you know, where you're just like, Oh my God, I can't believe I just did that. And so, um, and I can't help that I am, you know, being the athlete that I am just, I've always been involved in sports growing up, um, that after the first half marathon, I was like, okay, what's next? Obviously a marathon. So the marathon was actually my second race that I ran. It was, um, so Pittsburgh's in May. And then it was that I ran the Steamtown Marathon. um, And I didn't know how long it took to train for a marathon. I was student teaching at the time. And my supervisor was a health and phys ed teacher, avid marathoner. She's like, I was like, what does it take? Like a year and a half to train for a marathon. She's like, no, like four months. I'm like, oh, okay. Like that sounds fun. Let's do it for the fall. So, um, so then I start. I trained properly for the marathon and. I had like the best experience. I it was before like watches were like tech, run technology was huge, so I didn't even wear a watch for my first marathon. I just ran it, and it was just such a good experience, which I know I'm grateful for. A lot of people don't have the best experience for their first marathon, but um, I think it was because of not having any time associated and just going out and doing it. And the weather was great, so after that, I was like, wow, that was that was awesome, and I just wanted to keep going back to that marathon distance.
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So, I mean, everybody's experience is different, right? And some yeah. people may train thoroughly. Some people do train for a year and a half. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to, um, you know, but, you know, everybody's experience is different. You know, I know, you know right now uh, it's kind of a crazy time. There are lots of runners listening to this who, um, you know, maybe are changing some things. We have lots of different kind of transitions in our own lives right now. Uh, many runners are having to work from home. Uh, even while they're working from home, you know their kids are doing remote learning, trying to do their school work from home because the schools are closed. And uh, and of course, many runners have also had their races canceled. I've had races canceled. Uh, not really a surprise. And and in, in conjunction with that, of course, our training schedules are all kind of up in the air. And sometimes we start to feel lost, misdirected. You know, without the rigidity or the structure of the training schedule in place. And um, I know you've had to deal with this before, right? These sort of transitions at one time or another in your own life. And I think um, a few years ago, you actually made the switch to working from home. So you haven't had to do this in the middle of a crisis, but you chose to work from home to run your coaching business. And uh, obviously, you've been very successful at coaching runners, you know, coaching from home and making those transition. And you've been helping runners also deal with some of these transitional struggles, let's say right now. And uh, the truth is, of course, is that all of us are forced to experience uh, this sort of shutdown transition that is kind of analogous to the forced transitions and the forced changes that happen when we become injured. It's just that many runners right now are intensely frustrated because they're at home and they're not injured. They're just told they have to stay at home and they can't go you know, do their track workouts with their running groups and all that, um, but these sudden shifts can be really more difficult, particularly when they're forced. And that doesn't matter if it's because of a shutdown and a government order, or if it's because you got injured and it's because of a doctor's order. But, you know, how you respond to that, of course, is all about mindset. So, before we start talking about how to deal specifically with strategies around overtraining and preventing injuries and stuff like that, maybe you could just tell us a little bit about how you're helping your clients right now, your coaching clients, how are you helping people deal with those transitions around uh, disrupted training schedules, canceled races, and working from home?
1: Yeah, so it's, I feel like um, everybody's been responding to it differently. I feel like there's three different, it's like there's three categories um, when it comes to athletes, like talking about or encompassing like race is getting canceled and just what's going on. There's the athletes that are like thriving and they're like leaning on running right now. And I've had athletes that wanna continue training and still run their own race, even if it's by themselves. I have the people who are kind of in between where they kind of go through these ebb and flow phases where it's like they're motivated, they're mentally exhausted. Mm -hmm. And then I have people who are just really struggling. Um, And I think um, what we at least really tried to do in the beginning of all this, because was such a shock. It's not anything anybody's experienced before. And we really wanted to make sure that our team and everybody knew that they weren't alone. So we actually had calls uh, with our whole team. So there's like three running coaches. We have a strength coach, but we wanted everybody to kind of like be together. So one of my really good friends, who's also um, a runner, her name is Megan Dougherty, but she's a psychotherapist. So we had her like talk to our entire team and just kind of Go through what 's going on right now, you know people are facing like experiencing anxiety for the first time I know that I did in the beginning where my heart rate was like increased um, I was just like more stressed more irritable in the beginning and that's confusing and almost scary where're like why does my body not feel itself so she kind of like talked through what 's going on and, you know why that it's like kind of normal to be experiencing these things um, and that was really helpful um, and then we also had like group calls for like someone on her team who's a yoga instructor she wanted to do yoga class. And then our strength coach did like a strength session. So just trying to bring that community of like, knowing that you're not alone. And I think, um, the other thing, again, going back to talking about how I've talked to my athletes is just like really treat them individually. So like, I've been trying to get on calls with them, like right after, if they found out their race was getting canceled, just to check in on how they're feeling about it. Um, I'm trying to, I try to respect their morning process and knowing that there may be a couple weeks or longer that again, they're just, they just like, don't want to run. They're just you know, PO that they did all this training and they're not going to be able to have that day to, um, you know, be able to just go out and like put their fitness to the test and enjoy that like celebration of all their hard work. And then once we kind of like go through that, what I've been really trying to do is um, dig into a little bit more of like what excites them um, and really looking at this time as an opportunity to focus on things that maybe you never have really let yourself focus on. So even if that's not running, um, even though I am a running coach, it's like, I, I just want everybody to be happy right now, like through all this. And I want to try to bring out like those joys and apply that to their training. So for some, like they want to do, like they want to focus on shorter distances because they're, a, we work with a lot of distance runners. So some want to do like my time trials and some people, want to focus on their nutrition and have running be more of an afterthought and some want to focus on strength and again, have running be an afterthought or have more of like that hybrid type program. So, um, that's one thing that I know that I'm doing now too, is just like really try to like think of, take a step back, you know, because we're forced to at this point, like you said, um, and really go back to the roots of like why we do it and be okay with, you know, setting new goals that may be so different than something that we've ever focused on before.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's really important. It really is about shifting your energy and your attention as soon as something like this happens, obviously. And so it's got to be different for everybody. I mean, we're all different people, and we respond differently, and that, that totally makes sense. You know, but injuries are really common. And um, of all of those, the most common by a mile is certainly plantar fasciitis. That's, you know, about 40% of all visits to podiatrists every year in the United States is because of plantar fasciitis. And you can get plantar fasciitis for a lot of reasons. Some people get it because they're wearing the wrong running shoes or they make mistakes in training or even some kind of trauma, like stepping on one of their kids Legos can actually start it. Uh, And I know that you've mentioned that you had a stupid reason why you actually developed plantar fasciitis. So I'm really interested to hear your story about how your plantar fasciitis started, how you dealt with it, you know, while you were training.
1: Um, so I'm trying to remember why I, I know why it was like, why I thought it was stupid. It was more, it got like worse because of me being like stupid about it, but, um, it was towards the tail end of training for Chicago in 2017. I like, I felt something, but you know, I tore my ACL playing soccer, but, and I've broken my nose before playing soccer, but I've never had like an overuse injury before. So I felt like aching in my feet. I'm like, man, I'm running like so many miles. I'm working so hard. My feet are tired. Like, this is just the first time my feet are tired because I've been working so hard. So I felt like aching and it would always ache in the morning, but I never, I just like didn't know what was going on. So I just kept running because it wasn't terrible. It was just kind of there. And then finally it was a couple weeks before Chicago. I go to see, um, I think that's when I started seeing an ART after release, like um, person, doctor that's out by me in Pittsburgh, like when I'm home in Pittsburgh. But I went to see him and he said, like, yeah, you have plantar fasciitis. And, you know, told me, like, he gave me some stuff to do, sleeping boot, all that fun stuff, um, exercises to do, and just said, you know, with Chicago, it was so soon. He was like, you'll be okay to run Chicago, just know it may be a little like worse afterwards. And I was like, I'm like, okay, as long as I can run Chicago, like who cares about what happens to my body afterwards? I feel like a lot of us like are like, especially when we're so close to a race day. So, um, and then afterwards, like Chicago, like I, so Chicago happened and that year, the weather was warm. I was shooting for a Boston qualifying time. Um, I ran a five minute PR that day, which it's like, I'm proud of. You should always be grateful for PR, but I was also very devastated to not have the time that I was looking for. It was a 335-23, I remember, Um, and I was shooting for like 330 or under that day. And so just to be like so close to a goal, not achieve it, um, I was really frustrated. And that's when like the greed kind of set in. Um, So there's this race in Pittsburgh, which it's a beautiful race. It's in November. A month later, the first week, it's called the EQT 10 miler. And it's like part of the Pittsburgh course, but reverse, but it's so beautiful. It's a great time of year to do it because the fall weather and everything. So I was really, I'm like, I want to, I wanted to like test my fitness um, because I felt like Chicago didn't really give me that. So that's when my agreed switch kind of switched on where it's like, I want redemption in some way. I want to have a way to be able to see that I was like physically like ready to, you know, in my own eyes, use the race calculator to find out if I was ready to achieve what I wanted. So I took like a week off. I started kind of doing a fine tune training and the plantar fasciitis got worse. So it got to a point, you know, I ran the 10 miler and yes, it was, it was a good day or whatever. But afterwards my feet were aching so bad. It hurt to walk. Like everything hurt at that time. I was still working because I used to be an assistant manager at Lululemon. So like my job was walking around a lot and I was coaching um, so it was just like, it was terrible. So the reason why I say it's stupid is because I felt it. I ignored it. I kept like pushing and I didn't do what I was supposed to.
0: Well, that is common. I mean, you know, yeah. uh, that is the most common thing. And, and I wrote a book on runner's heel pain and I've talked to so many athletes who have plantar fasciitis and you can't really be faulted for that. I mean, if you have an issue and you go see a doctor or you learn about it, you read about it. Uh, I mean, frankly, if you read the runner's heel pain book and you see that, okay, this is a thing, it's not going to kill you. If it really is just Mm -hmm. plantar fasciitis. if it's, it's not a tear in the fascia or something, it doesn't really matter. You can go run Chicago, but like the doctor said, you're just going to probably feel worse afterward. But Mm -hmm. you know, then you, of course, you have this thing where your time's not, exactly what you want even though it's a fantastic time and most people kill for that time you know you're still disappointed in your own performance but again it's you know running is about our own perceptions of our own performance it's not really about beating or not beating the other twenty thousand people on the course that day you know it's about how we feel about it and then you know you want to go and continue to train and get redemption well then it's not going to go away But that can happen with any running injury. It can happen with plantar fasciitis, which usually isn't very serious. It's just that it's going to continue to plague you and can turn into a worse problem later if you don't do something about it. But there are other things that can be more concerning. And with Achilles tendon injuries in particular, that's one of those things that if you ignore it, it will almost certainly get way worse. Not just like this annoying kind of interfering with your time, but it can really turn into disaster. So um, I understand you had an Achilles tendon injury at one point. And when that happened, what kind of shifts did you have to make in your running or your training or your perception to get it to heal?
1: Yeah, that was a really long process. And again, that the plantar fasciitis kind of unfortunately rolled right into the Achilles tendonitis. Mm-hmm. Because again, at that point in my running, I was so focused on desired outcome. I was focused on time goals. I... Didn't know how to, I feel like a, and this is where I'm grateful for getting injured, honestly, because my perspective on my running is so different than what it used to be three years ago, two years ago. Um, So for me, with the plantar fasciitis, like I had ended up getting a prolotherapy injection because after doing physical therapy and stuff, it just still was not healing. It was taking a really long time to heal. Um, and that helped and the pain went away. Um, and I've been able to like keep things at bay, like thankfully, cause now I'm like on top of my shoe rotation and everything too. Um, but with that, I got my prolotherapy injection and then within those, like the next three weeks, I, cause at that time I'm like, okay, I need to qualify for Boston for the next year. So I need to run a marathon, like Sept first week of September. So I was rushing that healing process. I didn't give myself that time to get my body and like my foot, like everything in like my whole body, just like ready and used to just like mileage again and building a slow, like slow or a strong base. So I rushed that process. I also jumped into higher mileage, like the highest mileage of training I've done before. And there was more workouts, my coach at the time that was giving me. So, you know, I feel like the Achilles was, I don't know what, but it was just like a disaster, like brewing and waiting to happen between Me not being patient because I was very like pushing with my coach to know I want to run a race like in September, I'm going to make Mm -hmm. this happen. Um, And everything else just being too much, so it was too much too quickly. um, And me not being patient that kind of led to that. But nine weeks into training is when I had to stop because again, it was something where I'm like, Oh, my calf feels kind of tight, but then and it was the same foot as my that I had plantar fasciitis with, but it's like I was too like. Boston qualify, Boston qualify that I was like, no, it's just tight. Like I'll just loosen it up and it'll be fine. And then the next run I had like a long, I had a long run that weekend and it was on a hilly, uh, course too, that I did my long run, but it was on that long run that I just knew I was like, this does not feel right. And I really started to feel that more like sharp pain in my Achilles. And again, it was one of those things where it, from doing that and ignoring it, it got to a point where I was in like a lot of pain to where It wasn't just taking a little bit of time off, like a few days to get back at it, but it was a long process with Achilles tendonitis. That was probably just the longest process of like, again, physical therapy, strengthening. um, And I, that's when I, it kind of hit me that I need to take my body more seriously. And if I, I am a very competitive person, like I've always been that way. Um, And if I want to be able to do this running thing long-term, which I do want to, and I love it. And I really need to treat my body the way it needs to be treated and listen to it a lot more and really try to like dig in a little bit more to see, um, like what I need to do to make sure that it's moving well. And I have like a program that kind of complements it, but I did a lot of cross training, um, just to kind of, and strength training, um, like biking and everything to just keep moving. Um, while I was slowly building back again
0: no it's great i mean it's i mean that's helpful to hear your story though because you know obviously somebody who understands injuries who, who coaches runners it's like you think we would know better um but we all make those mistakes and so that's why it's yeah. important to communicate with your coach obviously and uh, i mean i even did the um i did the ironman world championships with pneumonia uh and it's the exact same reason i mean i lecture i've been lecturing for you know more than 10 years at medical conferences of, you know two doctors teaching doctors about running injuries and yet I still did the same thing. I just wound up with pneumonia because I was basically, you know, overtrained. I ignored some stuff, and then I wound up, you know, showing up at the Ironman World Championships after nine years of trying to qualify, and I had pneumonia. This is not ideal, but it's very, very common. I'm actually doing a, a lecture at a, uh, the International Foot and Ankle Foundation uh, in just a few days, and. One of the lectures I'm giving is about the potential complications of returning to activity after you have one of these kind of injuries. And, you know, it's not really that strange to me that you had an Achilles tendon issue on the same side, because when you return, there are basically three things that can happen if you return too early or you don't recover fully before you start training again. One of them is the injury, the actual injury doesn't actually heal. The second one is that the injury actually heals, but then you re-injure it later because you're applying the same forces to it. And then the third one is you get a different injury because of the compensation that you're doing to try to accommodate that one injury that you already have. And in either case, it doesn't really matter. I mean, truthfully, like doctors think about them as different things, but as runners, either we're injured or we're not. We're either healthy and able to train or we're not. And we don't really care if it's the Achilles tendon versus the plantar fascia or whatever. Any injury can be troublesome. That's for sure, and it just wrecks our goals. Um, but it is helpful, obviously, if you've been through that. I'm sure that that really does help you in coaching and working with athletes now that you've had those experiences. But you know, of all those experiences with your own running injuries, what would you say that was the most troublesome or most disruptive, and why was it so disruptive?
1: Um, I feel like the the one that I struggled with the most was. Uh, Achilles tendonitis and I remember like after I talked to my coach and we both knew that I needed to like obviously stop training I like sat in a (laughs) closet. this is like the saddest thing and it's funny now because it's been so many years ago but I'm like she used to send me these um, videos like it like there's this account um, I forget what it's called but on YouTube and it's he has a lot of inspirational like running videos so before Mm -hmm. workouts like I would watch like a few like four minute video so I'm watching this one about, like, adversity, and I'm, like, watching this video on my phone, sitting in my closet, crying. I'm, like, oh, like, it's the worst day ever. Um, but I think that's where I I was just tired. Like, I was so sick of the comeback story. It just felt old to me at the time where I was, like, here we go again. Like, um, and yeah, it was just like tears of exhaustion. It just hit me like this is something like there's something has to change. Like I'm, I'm I've tried to like do things a certain way and it's it's not working. I'm not moving forward. Something has to change. And yeah, I think it was just like tears of frustration, tears of sadness um, and just like being sick of it.
0: Yeah, well, that totally makes sense. I mean, you know, and those things are real. So uh, one of the things I have in this talk to physicians on, you know, trouble with recurring injuries is that, you know, we as physicians think of it as like a, a problem to fix, you know, a thing that's broken apart that needs to be repaired. Um, but you as an athlete, you have all of these things, your whole, you know, socials, like self-perception, all of it's tied into our identity as an athlete. And so it really the emotion is real the fear of there are actually lots of studies that are i'm referencing in this talk that are um, that talk about the importance of an athlete's actual fear of re-injury when they return to activity and those things are, are important to be able to discuss interestingly people almost never discuss them with their doctor but they will discuss them with a coach you know, mm-hmm. and so it does help. So it's not just the the physical um, process of repair, but it's this emotional repair process that has to take place as well when you get injured. Um, but let's just shift to like a little bit about logistics around running injuries. You know, one of, the, one of the biggest mistakes runners make, I think, is that obviously, like you talked about, you've done it, I've done it, you start ignoring the problem. And we think, oh, we'll just run through it. It just, it's just my calf's a little tight, whatever, I'll just stretch it out. And like I said, even though You know, I lecture at medical conferences. I teach doctors about running injuries. I've written books on running injuries and all that stuff. It doesn't make me immune from that same tendency to stick my head in the sand and ignore it when something feels tight um, or troublesome. Uh, And we do that sometimes even at the detriment of our goals. And so, obviously, we think it's really important, you know, to get advice on running injuries from somebody like a doctor who is an expert on running injuries. And, um, or we think it's important to get advice from a coach who has experience particularly working with injured runners and preferably somebody that understands their own personalities, our own tendencies. And uh, I mean, just like you said, there are kind of three groups of people that are dealing either really well, not so well, or just playing terribly with all the changes going on right now. And that's true of injuries too. Some people just, it doesn't phase them. They think, Oh, this is great. You know, I mean, I have a cousin that I won't bore the whole story, but basically he made the Olympic wrestling team. And then Jimmy Carter boycotted the Olympics to China. And I remember the first time I talked to him about that, I thought he would have been completely and totally crushed by that experience. And he was like, oh, it didn't matter. I went to engineering school. Who cares? And and most people don't react that way, but he did. And some people have that same kind of thing. They get injured. Oh, it's no big deal. I'll finish writing that book I was working on, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but the truth is, is that, you know, all of these different sources of help, whether it's from a doctor, whether it's from a coach, a close friend that really understands us, they're all important. But I actually think that the human connection of being able to speak to somebody who has experience with recovery from un- running injuries themselves, as, as opposed to just knowledge of running injuries, that can oftentimes be a lot more helpful. And So I think, you know, to have somebody say to you, look, I know what it feels like, because I was in that same place where you are right now, I was able to work through it. And yes, it sucked, but I was able to overcome it. And, you know, again, given the fact that you're this highly successful running coach and you have had your own experiences with running injuries yourself, you are really in this unique position to provide not only that expert running related specific training specific advice, but your own personal experience in overcoming overtrained injuries and all the associated emotions attached to that sort of injured state that we, you know, perceive ourselves with. So when you're working with a runner who's been training for a marathon, let's say, you know, something where you have to put in a lot of training, and they get an overtraining injury. How do you help them shift their focus away from their training schedule, which is crucial, but at the same time, they're staring at that schedule thinking they're going to be a loser if they don't do every single one of those workouts. So how do you help them understand and convince them that they're going to be able to overcome the injury? even if they have to skip some workouts and get back on track with their goals?
1: Yeah. So I think um, I try to bring them back. And, you know, every single situation is different. So depending on like how far out they are and everything, but I try to bring them back to like big picture. Um, And again, how I was talking before about, you know, we want to do this for a long time. And I think one thing that I learned is that there's finish lines ahead. Like there's so many finish lines that are ahead. Like they, we don't need to be so tied to this one, like one right now. And even if it is like, and this actually happened to my business partner, Christine Nichols, who was training for Chicago as her first marathon after having like two kids. Like she took some time off from distance from training and was just running for fun. But, um, she even like, she ended up getting a stress fracture, um, was able to figure out root causes and everything from that. But, we had this big like weekend plan to go to the Chicago marathon and, and you can still do that. Like still be able to like go and support other people. There's still ways that you can kind of enjoy that weekend. But main thing is like thinking big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also try to share like my own experience of like, don't do what I did because by pushing through, like you're going to set yourself back even more. And mm-hmm. this one like moment in time is not worth it. I also try to share too, when I, have like friends that I know that have done this, um, where they've ignored an injury that's been lingering for a long time through training. Um, and then they go out to run their marathon and their Achilles ruptures, like while they're running like that race right. and they can't even they get, then get a DNF. And, um, that's like a very extreme situation, but it's also very real where, you know, I also know someone who, um, had like a stress reaction during the marathons, like they broke their like foot or whatever, because it finally like broke from all the stress during the race. So that's the last thing that you want to is you want your race to be a good experience. You don't want to have all you want to have to worry about during that race day is like the butterflies in your stomach before the like before you get started. Um, and, and you deserve that. So, um, you know, take a step back and take a deep breath, you know, um, let's kind of, Take a, I, I always try to take a week just to like take time off and see if it's something that we can tweak things based on how far out they are, and if not, just have the conversation, the hard conversation, to either drop down the distance, because if it's not so severe, maybe they can't run a marathon, but they can do the half, or if that race weekend has a 5K, they can do that by that time okay, great. Like we'll kind of play it by ear, but maybe that's like a goal we shoot for. And if not that, then let's just like focus on, you know, you know, if we're able to get to hundred percent obviously, but if not, like, let's just focus to like getting healthy again. And then once we're at that like good place, then talk about goals, like moving forward.
0: Right. No, that's great. Uh, And I think that's really important. You know, you have to be able to really put things in the proper perspective and, uh, and knowing what your real goals are long-term is really crucial. Mm-hmm. um you know one thing i wanted to talk to you about was uh you know when we get injured right we already things aren't going well we're already down emotionally we kind of um we can be deflated to say the least and then we're super vulnerable truthfully and then we go looking for help right now running specific forums obviously can be very helpful places where you can get all different kinds of resources and training and advice from other people um Unfortunately, they're also sometimes lurking in those forums. There are some relatively mean-spirited individuals or trolls who seem to really and truly, I mean, enjoy and make fun of other people's tough circumstances. And um, I mean, it's been brutal. Like I've, not, you know, I've had some people I've worked with who are runners and, and they post in there about all of what they're actually going through. They pour their heart out. They're talking about how terrible it is. And I have seen people actually take their exact quotes um, or YouTube videos and, and make YouTube videos of them and say, "Oh, look at this! You know this sympathy. Um, what I can't remember the term, but they're basically just making fun of the fact that somebody is seeking sympathy, and they just belittle them and berate them. And that obviously is horrible, right? I mean, it's it's just this incredible thing that does happen with cyberbullying, which I never would have imagined, um, even though." I know, like I've been, I've had it too. I've had, um, uh, I got just a, a huge outpouring of attacks in on Twitter one time when I was basically doing a webinar on how there was one person I worked with who actually got a stress fracture. Then she had her uh, an Ironman PR with the stress fracture, and they were like, "Oh, this guy's a fraud. This is outlandish. It's not. It's just not. It's not even my story," you yeah. know. Okay. And so, but it's incredible how people will go on the attack in those forums. Uh, And it's really, really brutal because you're already, like I said, such an in this emotionally vulnerable place. And you're already so fragile, really and truly, no matter who you are. And then this happens. It's terrible. So, you know, I know that you've been through that a little bit. So tell us about what it felt like, you know, to be injured, to be, you know, in this place and then have somebody poking fun at your injuries in front of others. I mean, it's terrible. So, you know, I know there's not much you can do about it, but how you respond to it, how you deal with it is something we do get to control. So how did you deal with that?
1: Yeah. So unfortunately this wasn't my first rodeo with the getting attacked on running forums. It happened to my business partner and I when we first launched our launched our coaching business and people, it was I've never had cyberbullying happen to me before. Um, so this was within the first like couple of months that we had launched our business and it was pages and pages and pages. And basically making fun of us because we weren't um like because of our pace like how fast we were or lack thereof we're hobby joggers and charging people to coach like to coach others and how dare we do that and then there's like really odd like off comments that aren't even related but still made about you so that was the first time that that happened and when that happened to me the first time i was beside myself because i just didn't have an understanding of how someone who didn't even know me could say those things that i've always been someone and i'm not perfect but i've always been someone where i try to be nice to everybody and i try to i i try to just like take people for who they are um not like pass judgment um so for someone who didn't know me and was doing that it was really upsetting um but with that being said I kind of learned from that. And one thing that I have been working on a lot over the last, you know, few years since my injuries, cause I couldn't, I couldn't run for a lot of that time that I was down and out with those two injuries. I got in personal development. I read a lot of self-help books. I really worked on my mindset, not even as like an athlete, but just in everyday life. And so I felt like I had like tools in my tool belt, like when this had like kind of came up, um, because i remember what they said it was something like am i ever not injured and i wanted to be like do you think i chose this you think i like want to be injured all the time like i obviously have the have these goals but it was just like it just blew my mind and obviously at that point i was still like bummed that like somebody's going to say that um you know about me but at the same time like what i've learned through doing a lot of like we'll call it inner work um is people who do those things whether you're attacked on a forum or they're sending you rude comments on social media or commenting on your pictures on social media or any of that, they're going through their own struggles. Mm -hmm. That's like the God's honest truth is they're going they're, They have their own things that they're working on. And by them reacting that way or saying those things to you um, without any like reason for no reason, it just shows that they're struggling. So I've learned and I, it was this book that I read called, um, the four agreements and it's like a really short book, but one of the things is it just talks about, um, not taking things personally and to understand that, you know, what people say about you and what their perception of you is like, it's their own reality. It's like in their world, that's just like what they think about you, but it's not a true perception of who you are. And I feel like if you know, your intentions are good, like I, I, I. The only thing that kind of bummed me out at that time was I was like, oh my gosh, they're talking about how injured I am. And then you do these like weird ties of like, <laughs> it's like so many thoughts that will this affect my coaching business? Are people then going to be scared to work with me? Cause I'm always injured. Like, it's just this ripple effect that happens, but then you like stop yourself and you're like, no, my intentions are, are true. I I make sure that my athletes are like, I'm keeping their training conservative and that they're working on everything they need to, to be strong and healthy runners. I'm not putting them at risk. I'm doing the best that I can. And I know that, like, I was seeing people that I needed to see in order to like get help. Um, and yeah, that's like what I try to like go back to when those comments, but yeah, um, not taking things personally has been like huge when it comes to that.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it's not easy to do, but it is important. And you know, and one of the most valuable pieces of advice I got was from a guy probably almost 20 years ago. And he just said, you know, Chris, what people think of you is none of your business.
1: Hmm.
0: And that is that really helpful sense. to remember. And, the, yeah. and the, the people that post these things, people that post these like scathing reviews that are just so horribly negative, they don't even know you. Yeah. Like, they, they've never met you. They don't know anything about you. You know, they know these, they they made these judgments based on some perception they have, which is often a reflection of their own position. But that still doesn't make it difficult because again, you know, you're in this emotion, emotionally vulnerable place, you really feel terrible. And then you get attacked and it's just like somebody kicking you when you're down and you're already, you know, trying to let go of this identity as an injured runner. And then somebody beat you up with it. That makes it harder. You know, but that's, that's really one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show was So you could share your ideas on the importance of letting go of your identity as an injured runner. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, it's interesting that so many runners, also one thing I find fascinating is that so many runners really, truly appreciate and understand the importance of visualization to achieve our goals, right? We, you know, uh, I've seen all different kinds of, of ways of doing this, right? Some people put their goal time on their computer or their refrigerator, or they'll Um, Even get one of those bands they hand out that show you pace times and circle it and like have that, you know, on their refrigerator. Some people even wear it. Um, And so we know it's critical. Like, you know, nobody is going to finish in 3.30 by accident. You're not going to show up and like just leave the four hour pace group and make it to the finish line at 3.30 because you feel like you're having a good day. And if you don't have an absolute intention and visualization in place, you know, this whole plan of actually making it to 3:30. there's no way. And then if something goes wrong, you're injured, you might miss it by a few minutes, but nobody gets there by accident. And yet these same individuals who understand this so much will, what I, I see people do is it's, they develop the exact opposite negative visualization and intention setting by identifying themselves as injured runners we perceive ourselves as not somebody who is fully capable of running 330 and enjoying it but instead of somebody who is injured and unable to achieve goals and we kind of get locked in on that in a way that's really unhelpful and unproductive so i was hoping you could just you know share a little bit about your journey and, and that actual process of letting go of that identity as a chronically injured runner
1: yeah so <laughs> Another thing that I experienced, and again, like I said, it's not um, something that was fun to go through multiple injuries, but this was a freak thing. I rolled my ankle last February and got peroneal tendinitis. <laughs> so that was like a freak thing. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. <laughs> but um, so in the midst of like, just like healing and working back like from that, that was when it kind of clicked for me. I don't know. I, I can't really remember. I think I was doing some sort of like 30 day meditation challenge or something. And during that process, it, cause I was trying to visualize, like, I will be healthy enough to run, you know, a race someday. And like what, even though I was in a point, I was at a point where I was in a boot and, um, like I wasn't able to run. I took like several weeks off from running. Um, but I would do through my meditation practice. Cause at that point it's like, business was going fine like this was the one area of my life that I felt like was it part of my language you can but this is part of my life that was shit and it was so frustrating like my marriage is good like parts of my life are wonderful and this is the one thing that I feel like is bringing me down so much to make me feel like my life is not that all that it's cracked up to be so I first like acknowledge that because I almost felt guilty that I got to that place where, you know, I'm not acknowledging all these positive things that have still happened in my life for the last like several years. Mm -hmm. And then I also started, started to, I've realized too, that I've had such a negative mindset um, about like healing. So I am a believer in this, maybe like hippy dippy, but I really do believe that if you, if you believe that you are always injured, like your body is going to follow suit when it comes to that just like how we say that that does, or it can, you know, when it comes to achieving goals and chasing the goals. So I was like, I need to get my mind right. <laughs> when it comes to how I like vi- like envision or visualize my body, um, and its state of health. So during like this meditation challenge, I like, I would always picture myself at like at the starting line. And I was like standing in my corral. I had my red crop top on and like shorts. And I'm like looking down at my feet and I look out and I see like mountains and I was like, okay, like I'm really excited to to do this race and it felt good. And I felt myself like running the race and just feeling strong. And I would have these like flashes during my meditation of then like running on the track and running fast. Like I tried to think of the parts of running that I really enjoy and it's like running hard, running free. Like that was another thing that I just missed so much of just being able to run and like exist and not feel anything just like. Get lost in the scenery and not think about like any aches or pains so mm-hmm. I wrote down those different um, like things that I wanted to feel so it was like being at the starting line and having those like pre-race nerves um, running without thinking and like being fast on the track and it's like those pictures like that you can just like go back to um, and I would just continue to think about those things But with that being said, um, it also is very apparent that again, like I associated who I was as an injured runner. I felt it because I talked about it so much on my social media. I also, at the time, and I, I love working with people who are injured by the way, or they're cleared from the doctor to start running again. It's like, I have like a secret, like love for working with those athletes because, um, I've been there and I understand. And I feel like not always, like I try to make sure that those athletes are heard, um, whenever, you know, they're starting up again. Um, so not saying that I, I have that love for them, but at the same time I was onboarding, like some athletes, it was just a cluster that were cleared to start running again after working through an injury. And I just felt like I was surrounded by just being injured. And I'm like, I need to like, get out of this. So I don't know where I got the idea. It wasn't like in that challenge, but I was like, I need to, I just wanted to, I think it started off as just a blog post that I just wanted to ramble about everything that I was feeling. And you always, I've heard before of people doing this about, you know, they go through, it's like they go through a breakup and they write like a goodbye letter, they burn it and send it off into the wind. And that's what I kind of wanted. And at first my intention, cause I wrote it on my blog post on TonyKendra.com, but Um, at first it was just intended for me and I shared it with my mom. I didn't even share it with my husband, but he's heard enough of everything for the last like three years. So I'm like, hubby needs a break from listening to me talk about this and he's been wonderful. But, um, I shared it with my mom and I was just like, I, I cried when I wrote that letter. And again, it is on my blog, uh, my personal blog post now, but, um, or my blog site, but, It felt so good to acknowledge everything that I was feeling, to talk about, to apologize to my body for being angry with it because now I'm going to get emotional because I, I knew it was working so hard to like allow me to do what I'm now able to do now. And I'm so grateful for that. But I really just needed to apologize and acknowledge, you know, the good things that have happened in my life and say I'm sorry to you know in a way like apologize too for kind of putting those positive things on the back burner because it kind of felt selfish but also understanding that I knew where like at that state of of my life I felt like those were my priorities and just like what I wanted so badly was to be able to just run again and how big of a part of my life it is um and the other thing too was just being like having so much gratitude um you know, the one thing that really has gotten me through everything over the last few years is my athletes, (laughs) because even when I'm like helping other people, what I learned in that meditation challenge, you know, when you're having a hard time, um, go back to helping somebody, um, because it does feel really good or help someone that that's in like a similar situation as you. When you help someone like achieve a goal, like it feels like you're, you've achieved it as well. And I feel like that's kind of what has helped like me, um, work through it. So, in that letter, I acknowledged all of those things. And I just like, it was just like, vom- like word vomit everywhere, just letting it all out. And I felt like once I was able to let that, like to acknowledge it all, I was able to then like really let it go. And it felt like I was turning a new page. And I obviously, I'm sitting there, I'm writing this, I'm still sitting in my boot. It's not like all of a sudden this injury is gone. Um, but I just knew that my mindset was in a different place now. And I was like looking forward and my thought process shifted to like, it's going to be different this time. Like, what are things that I, what are things that I honestly haven't made an effort before that I need to make an effort to be better now? And it was a couple of things that I knew I needed to focus on, but I, I worked at those things. Like for me, it was strength training. It was getting my gait analyzed to see, figure out not just my gait, but like a full analysis, see imbalances and what was going on with my form and really get a plan in place. So that way I could show up and be able to do the things that I enjoy. Um and I just have like a totally new perspective with running now. Like I I I've slowly built. I'm working with a coach now who is really helpful when it comes to that. Um and I can also like scale back if I feel off or have a flare up or something cuz that does happen sometimes, but I'm just at a really good place and I I have like unofficial PRs because of the pandemic right now, but I've been able to set like 5K PRs and um like half marathon PRs and I'm like doing workouts that like things that I've wanted to do. Like the fact that yesterday I did a speed workout and then today I had like a longer run just on tired legs, very slow, very chill. Like I'm so grateful for that. These are things that I wanted to do for so long. Um, and I know that's like a little side tangent, but I just want to like tell people or like put that out there too, that it may feel like back to back to back and it may feel like never ending. And I remember those moments where you don't see the light. You don't see that, you know, point where you're like, I'm going to do the things that I love again. I'm going to run the way that I want to run again. Um, it feels so like far away, but embracing the process and becoming passionate and wanting to dive in more to like the why behind everything is the best thing that you can do. And slow and steady, like really does win the race when it comes to injuries too.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's great. And it it is true. It's like, there's nothing that helps us more than helping someone else who is in a position where we've been, right? And so we always want to view these things as good and bad. Either you're you're healthy or you're not. Either you're sick or you're not. Either you're injured or you're not. But the truth is, is that, I mean, I really believe that every single thing that happens to us, everything that we perceive to be as negative, deflating, upsetting, whatever – it's either going to make us stronger, or even if it doesn't make us stronger, it's going to put us in a position to help somebody else who needs the help because you survived that experience. That's really what I think we're here for, you know? So, uh, but of course, nobody wants to get injured. Nobody wants to get an overtrained injury. And if ideally everyone would avoid it if possible. So, so let's imagine a scenario. Let's say you're on a plane going to Chicago or New York or Berlin, you're going to run a marathon and you just happen to sit on the plane and there's a woman sitting next to you on the plane and turns out she's on her way to run her very first marathon. So that is a, a big experience for runners, right? To run your first marathon is really something special. So let's imagine she's only been running for about a year or so. And you guys start talking about running, you're having a great conversation through the flight. And then just as the plane, plane's landing, she asks you a question. And what is the one piece of advice you could give me about maximizing my recovery after workouts so I don't develop an overtraining injury? If she asked you that, what would you tell her knowing what you know now and knowing everything you've been through?
1: Yeah. um, There's like a couple of things. I feel like there's so many components to recovery, but right off the bat, it's like get a good meal in you. Like right after you get, um, like food is so good for recovery and making sure that it's like a really nutritious meal that is, and just eating well, like throughout that whole day, but right after getting a really good meal in you. Um, food is really crucial with recovery. The other thing too, is like get a solid night's sleep. A lot of people really underestimate sleep. Um, and I still get so frustrated. It's like, I just, and you understand that when it comes to like, I understand like parents, it's like, they don't really have the option at all, all of the time. Um, and there's different situations that can make it really hard, but if you can do your best to maximize on sleep, that is where your body is going to do so much recovery too. And that's another thing too, that I know wasn't helping me at the time with my Achilles tendonitis, because I was in the, my husband plays professional baseball. I was traveling with him at the time. Um, and their schedule is all over the place. So it's like, you're up until after the games at like 12 o'clock in the morning. And sometimes he wants to like talk about the game and and whatnot. And then, but it's also the summertime. So you want to get up early to get your runs in. So like lack of sleep can really, um, have a negative impact. So getting a lot of sleep is good. And then this is like more long-term if you have the time to do it after a race, but getting blood work is also really helpful because I know for me, like I, I got it done um, a little over a year ago, but figuring out if you have any deficiencies and everything, sometimes like for me, I have a magnesium deficiency. Um, so I take a supplement um, and I try to include certain foods that have, um, are like rich with that. But um, having those things or knowing those things can also help and aid with recovery too. Um, but yeah, those are like just the everyday, like things that you can kind of take advantage of.
0: It's true. I mean, it's really interesting because you read, uh, you know, magazines, uh, you read forums, all that stuff. And everybody's talking about like the latest technique in training, the least, the strategy, the newest watch, the newest gizmo, the newest tracking app or whatever. But the truth is, is that food and sleep, you know, or they're essential and they're abundant and you can do it all you want. It doesn't cost any more money, you know? Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting how we ignore those things that are so simple sometimes.
1: Yeah. And I have all the recovery technology. Like I'm yeah. obsessed with recovery technology. My husband and I too. And it helps that he, he doesn't help the situation. He makes it worse. But like <laughs> we have the like hyper ice gun and stuff like that. But um, like at the end of the day, it's like, those are, I feel like those are fantastic and they are helpful. And they are like little like bumps in your recovery. But when you think of like, it's like the foundational things really are like the sleep, the food, um, and all of that.
0: Well, it's like, I'll never forget this, but there was a guy many years ago when we were talking and we were doing Ironman triathlons and he was talking about, he was trying to buy this new bike, you know, that was going to be a little bit more aerodynamic. And I mean, I was just kind of laughing at him. I was like, you know, man, if you would just go ride as much as I ride, you wouldn't have to spend fifteen grand on a new bike to think that you're going to be able to keep up. And you know, that's it's like that. True, it's like we can put in all this volume, we can do all this technical stuff, but if we don't sleep, it's not going to pay off. If you don't train, it's not going to pay off. It's really, it really is that simple. Um, But I think this is really great. I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, share all of your experience with everybody today. I think it's been great for everybody listening right now. You should definitely go follow Tony on social media. We'll have all the links in the show notes, but uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us where can listeners find you? Uh, How can they reach out to you, follow you and ask you for help? Where's the best place to go?
1: Yeah. So if you go to relentlessrunners.com, we have a contact page, just like reach out to me through there and just address it to me so I can get back to you or, um, but, and I want to say to anybody who just needs to talk, I know I was joking about my husband, um, who it's like, we, we have those people in our lives who are great support systems, but I also understand sometimes we need just like a someone who doesn't know this but understands what we're going through to like listen to us. So just know that you can reach out to me if you ever need to. Um, I'm happy to be that person for you. And then also on Instagram, I'm tony.hearts.running. But yeah, those are like the two main pages. I also have a personal um, blog to, or it's a website, but it's tonykenger.com.
0: Right. Okay, great. And we'll have all those links in the show notes for everybody to get to them easily. So listen, Tony, thanks again. I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all of your experience. I know it's not easy to talk about, but I think it's going to be so helpful to everybody listening today. Thanks so much.
1: Thank you. This was awesome. I'm really, I was so happy to be here.
0: Before you go, I just want to mention one other thing. If you have an overtraining injury, if you think you have an overtraining injury, if you've been recovering from an injury, the most important thing you can do is track your pain. I've written a couple of books on this. I've provided a lot of information on podcasts about this. But the one thing you really need to do more than any other is stay focused and do something specific every day to make sure that you understand whether or not what you're doing is making you better or worse. And that all starts with tracking your pain. So go to the show notes for this episode, download the pain journal. I made it for you. It's the runner's pain journal. It shows you exactly what to track, what you should chart, and then you can use that to see whether or not your condition is actually really improving, or if it's not. And if it's not, then you have to do something different. But if it is improving, that helps you understand how you can start ramping up your activity so you can keep running and get back to all of your running goals a whole lot faster. Go check it out. Go to the show notes, stockontherun.com. It's free, and you can get it there now.